listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 37 of Cinemental. What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. Your mother's in here with his cars. Would you like to leave a message? I see that she gets it. It was as if there were four razors cutting at the same time. Kill her, Mommy! Kill her! We'll tear your soul apart! I've seen the exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Steve Obicke, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Hassan Godwin and Lathan Conger III. Our guest tonight saw his first horror film in 1977, the now classic we know as The Car. From there, it was all downhill. He's an artist, a musician, and an avid movie poster collector, a writer, and he curates a column called 31 Days of Halloween, where every October he reviews horror films for 31 straight days. He is also, since 1998, co-creator of Living Dead Dolls, the longest-running horror-themed doll line, and the director of development at Mezco Toys. I very happily welcome into Cinemental, Damien Glonick. How are you, Damien? Doing good. Glad to be here. Excellent. I used to work with Damien at Mezco in my, in my short tenure there. Well, short, year and a half. Year and almost two years. Not, I guess it's short in the grand scheme of things for as long as you've been there, but uh, certainly longer than others. So, uh, I guess we'll jump into news that gives us fits. Latham, anything? Well, what do I have? I I showed uh, I showed the movie Airplane to my daughter last night, and <laughs> I just man, I don't. They don't talk about the offensive jokes in this movie enough. I mean, I remember there were some, but you've seen blazing saddles, correct? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with either movie. I'm just oh, saying like, I'm surprised <laughs> no one's gone after airplane. And I'm just thinking maybe cause it's more slapstick or just so ridiculous. Um, although blazing saddles isn't much different, but, but I mean, there's, there's a good 10 or 15 where my daughter cranked her head towards me and, and I'm like, yep, that's that was considered funny back then. You know, <laughs> I mean, all all the stuff with the pilot and the and the kid. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's that's like. I mean, I guess I never like realized how I like gladiator movies. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's right. I mean, I I get it. It's funny, but someone's gonna see that immediately. Some social justice warrior, and then <laughs> post it on their blog site that has 25,000 followers and say, Hey, this movie needs to be canceled. Cancel so, airplane. Yeah. But we are still laughing. There are other parts in there that are funny. So it's, it's almost like it's a, a irreconcilable piece of art at this point. You just, what do you do with something that's where the times have passed it? It's offensive, but it was considered a classic and still is by some, I mean, it just exists. Well, I mean, and I would, I would argue that blazing saddles pushes that bubble further on a lot of different levels uh, and has for, you know, and, and really since it came out oh, and sure. I don't, and I don't know that I've never, I don't remember that tar- that movie ever being targeted 
for that well, they kind put of a disclaimer in front of it on whatever streaming site was streaming yes. it recently. Right. So here's here's an interesting thing. Uh, a, a, a bit of news. I, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on Steve. Was uh, this is the first year that uh, Peanuts Halloween special is not going to air on, uh, I guess, public TV. Correct. Right. Um, Apple picked it up or owns it now, and if you have Apple streaming, you can see it. Yep. But, wow. You know, so a lot of people complaining. Oh, you know, I, I can't see the peanuts now. It's all oh, time to bust off the uh, dust off the DVD player, or whatever. But I think this is a reason why physical media is still so important because a it's off the air. You can still watch it anytime you want. Yep. And a movie like Airplane or uh, Blazing Saddles, where they're putting a disclaimer in front of it, how long before they cut scenes out of it? And now you can never see the original version of that movie again. Great right. point. You know, so it's like, I think physical media is still something while everything's streaming and, you know, everyone wants to watch streaming. I I still buy physical media constantly because you just never know when the powers that control everything are going to change their minds and edit movies and only see what they want you to see and stuff like that. It's like the the special editions of Star Wars, you know, the first three Star Wars films. You know, which he then archived, and now I've I've been lucky enough. I've been I found uh, some guys went back and they took the best possible masters of the original films and and rescanned those and cleaned up the video and did everything they could to upscale it and and produced really nice Blu-ray quality editions of the first three Star Wars films, but the three the theatrical versions, the non-special yeah. editions, and you know until. You know, those are, you know, you know, Lucas claimed that they would never see the light of day again. But then I heard just a year or so ago that now the plans were in, you know, they run out of ways for them to sell those that block of movies. And the only way to do it is to sell a version of it that's not around anymore. So, you know, then they can kind of go back into that well and go, oh, well, we'll just put these back out again. And then people will buy a whole new set of them. To, uh, to Damien's point, too, I mean, there's all this, you know, argue, you argue about cancel culture and when people want to eliminate something from the from the entertainment atmosphere and the end of that, that argument every time is I have the DVD, I have the DVD. You're not canceling my DVD. You're not going to send a squad to come to my house to take the DVD. So you're <laughs> never going to cancel these things. You're Unless it was going to video nasties of a. Yeah, that's right. Era in uh, England where they would arrest, you know, video shop owners for carrying certain movies. <laughs> <laughs> when did that take place? Uh, in the eighties, there was a list of uh, it was called Video Nasties. I think it was thirty documentary. No, no, it was a real thing. It was no, like no, thirty no. to forty uh, titles that uh, the British wing of the government deemed like offensive, right, and could not be seen. And if you carried this movie in your video store, you you know, we're going to be under arrest. Wow. And they actually arrested video store owners for carrying movies. And so the funny thing is, there's a, you know, you can find a list of uh, the video nasties and yeah. stuff. But you look at some of these movies and you watch them and you're like, really? What was, <laughs> yeah. what was the problem with that one? I mean, of course, some of them are, you know, crazy stuff, but some of them are so, there's like one scene that's like, by today's standards is, is nothing. Amy. And you're yeah. like, I, I, what uh, did I miss the scene that was so offensive? <laughs> <laughs> Am I watching a cut version? Cause there's nothing yeah, exactly. in there that's even, you know, like the original evil dead was on that list. Wow. Uh, the, the first one. Texas like Chainsaw. Them. Yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw. I mean, they were, they were mostly American, Exorcist. American films. What? 
With, uh, yeah, yeah, American, Italian, American, um, yeah. Spanish. But yeah, uh, if you if you just look up video nasties online, you can find the list. The list is it's out there. But it, can, it it doesn't apply anymore. No, oh, God, no, it no, doesn't no. apply anymore. No. So it's similar to that guy in Florida, the comic book guy who got arrested yes. for blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to that. No. I exactly. want to watch that doc. That, that looks yeah, good. I do need to see that. That's, uh, what is it? Boiled, Boiled something? Angel. Boiled, Boiled Angels. Angels. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I met him, uh, Mike Diana, a couple times. He's a nice guy. Oh, that's oh yeah? Cool yeah, very quiet. Very quiet guy, but he's really nice. Then the other good thing I have, or the opposite end of the scale, is I'm working my way through Blind Manor. And yeah. it was really fun watching uh, the episode where Elliot from E.T. just puts yeah. on an acting tour de force and you're just like, <laughs> wow, this guy is really, really, really good. Like well beyond what you'd expect from him, from seeing him in the past. I mean, he's, he's top notch. That's my favorite episode so far. That's the one. That's so what you at. haven't, you haven't finished it yet. No, we got three left. Okay. I, I got, I think one more left. There's nine. Total? Yeah. 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 I think I, I have one more left. Okay. All I right. feel like ultimately the show is a little long winded. You know, basing it off the story, turn of the screw, uh, right. they're really trying to extend it, you know. Yeah. Thankfully, they cut it down to nine episodes, but really they could have cut some of the fat out and trimmed it even more. Yeah. Sure. I don't yeah. mind, though, because I like the way he tells stories. It, it is interesting. He's only, So far, he's only directed the first one um, yeah. and, and only yeah. written part of another one. So I don't know if he directs the finale or the the last two. I think he does. But yeah, I mean, uh, like that, the whole scene with uh, the ghost that looked like uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Sin City's uh, that yellow bastard. <laughs> oh that, yeah, her her uh, fiance or her yeah, like that. What was a, like after she overcame that? I was like, what was the point? You know, like none of that really yeah. mattered. It never carried to the end. It was just like whatever. <laughs> Someone made a point about that in an article on what that meant, and I I didn't read the article yet because I haven't gotten the end. But I'm gonna, I, I'd like to see what I missed with that. Yeah. Did you great. ever see uh, the movie The Innocence? The old Deborah one. Kerr. Uh, I know about it. I've not seen it. It's uh, it's also based on Turn of the Screw. Oh, and okay. it is probably it is probably one of the greatest ghost movies ever made without a doubt. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And, and probably, yeah, even just one of the best horror films. It, it's just absolutely, I championed that movie. I think it blew me away when I saw, it. I couldn't believe how good it was. Just, just not even like story-wise, but just the technique, the cinematography and, and everything. And Criterion's Blu-ray is just crystal clear. Phenomenal. Nice. Nice. Innocence as in I N N O C E N T S too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. I just saw um, "Things to Come" yesterday for the first time. Oh, oh, wow! I saw that when I was a kid, and I was so disappointed. Really? And it wasn't until I, I watched. Well, yeah, because I, I, you know, because the, you know, whenever you see a trailer or anything, they only show you like the cool spacey <laughs> stuff. They don't show you all the stuff that comes before. And you start watching, and you're like, "Where the fucking spaceship?" <laughs> You know, and yeah. I got, I got, I just got really annoyed with it right, right, right off the bat. And then, it, you know, now I've watched it again since, and I was older, and and I liked it a lot more. But it's, a, I was, I was blown away. I was astonished by it. 1930, 1936 special effects, just yeah. a, just an amazing job. You know, it was just, you know, I mean, you can see through it. You know, you know all those tricks. But I mean, it, it was, it was so unabashedly stylistic. You know, like they, they were not. They were leaning into being stylistic as as opposed to 
kind of kind of the eighties and nineties trope of trying to hide your art in the, you know, in whatever you're doing, trying to be subtly artistic. This was just so like, there were so many blatantly staged and, and blatantly dramatically lit segments in it that were just wonderful that, you know, you're not gonna, yeah. you're not going to get in any modern movie. You know, the, the story was all over the place, but the, but the way the, the way it was delivered was, I was astonished. I really was. If you if you haven't seen it, it's fun to uh, track down. I'm sure it's on YouTube because it's absolutely not copyrighted at all. But um, uh, uh, Melies from the Earth to the Moon, which is like 21 minutes long or 22 minutes long or whatever. There's two versions. There, there's somebody went back and recolored it, which is awful to watch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the if you can find a decent a decent looking copy of the original black and white, that's fun to watch too because that's like. 21 or 22 or something like that and it's just you know it's just it's fun to, uh, to see what they were doing it's like it's almost like watching a stage play you know yeah. a stage pr- production because it's like you know guys moving so back around in and it's like <laughs> oh it's, it's the land <laughs> as the spaceship goes by if you took a film study class you saw that movie i mean oh i'm sure like i'm sure i think once you once it once it like kind of gets going i mean any anyone that's like from the earth to the moon and also um also, like things to come. Once you just kind of, all right, I see where they're going, and you just let it, you just let it play out. You get caught up in it. You stop looking for strings and, you know, um, oh yeah, absolutely. and that kind of thing. You just like, wow, that's you know. And then you imagine, you try to imagine like being a kid and watching that for the first time, and you know, watching that with like uh, with the spectacle of maybe say Avatar back in 1936, you know, and it's, it, it, it all comes back to good, good story and, and, and being a, being a good film versus being uh, a mediocre film. You know, it's like a, a 72 minute long story that is engrossing and grabs you and, and sucks you into it is far more interesting than a two hour long thing where you're looking at your watch every 10 minutes, <laughs> yeah. you know, going, really, is this thing still going on or can't we wrap this up? Like just kill everybody and move on. Wait a minute, Ray, um, raise a Palpatine. When did that happen? Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> That's a good one. Son, what do you got? Oh, not much. Uh, nothing. Nothing really upsetting. Strange, uh, strange, a kind of cathartic euphoria uh, and depression came over me when I realized that there's only going to be two more Fast and Furious movies. Really? Yeah, only because it's just been you mean, such a. I mean, after after nine, so there's really three, but. Yeah, at eleven, I don't know. I thought I thought the the one that was supposed to come out is ten. The one that the, the one that got delayed this year, I think, was ten. I think there's only going to be one more not, after this. That's, that's nine. So there's going to be two. But, but I mean, yeah. just to put an end on it. It's like it's like saying that the MCU is ending. Listen, I honestly thought that where I'm I'm of the mind where could they go after they go if they're going to space in nine? How where are they going after that? Well, they got to come back from space, so, you know. And you, you search, you search for Spock, and then you have the voyage home, Steve. You, you Are they going to be race, racing buggies on Mars? I mean, I mean, what? Oh my what, God! What, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> a moon buggy in the body of a '69 Charger. <laughs> I have not seen one Fast and Furious film. Neither have I. <laughs> you really? And now, after hearing Stephen Hassan talk, I will never see a Fast and Furious movie. You know, anytime you go to space, you're jumping the shark. Yeah, same with Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, that was Hellraiser. 
but they're shameless. It's not like anybody saying Come that they're Jason. Are... Jason X is my second favorite Friday the Thirteenth film. Oh, wow. wow! All right, that's it. Yeah, that's man, a, that's, oh, a fact. that's a slightly that's different life, right there. That's the fact. It doesn't take itself seriously, and it's filled with great kills. That's all I want out of them. That's <laughs> the fact, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, but that's. It's still kind of. You know, it's like I said, it's cathartic, you know, to, to realize I, yeah. I was there. I, I went to see the first one in the movie theater and right. it was just kind of, hey, I like this movie better when it was Point Break. Right. But um, <laughs> but still, it just. But did you? I, I love I love Point Break when I was. Yeah, when Point I, was, I love Point Break, too. Um, <laughs> I loved it until the last 40 minutes when it was too long after that point. But it was good until that point. <laughs> I, like all, I like all three endings. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, this isn't the end. <laughs> Come on, Return now. of the King stole their ending from that. Come movie. on, now there was nothing better than seeing. Spoiler alert, everybody! There's nothing better than seeing Bodie on a on a on a seven hundred foot wave. There's nothing, no better ending than that. That's like that's oh. awesome. That's the way you're gonna go. And left it wide open for a sequel. Of course, that they never made. <laughs> and that's how well, you do it. You leave it open for a sequel, and you never make the sequel. And then that's how you get it. Oh, the remake. The, sure the, the problem with the remake is if the remake is is almost too faithful to the original. So you're like, oh, that guy's okay. That's guy. That's going to be the guy who betrays him, and that's going to you know. So you don't. It's right. like um, who plays Patrick Swayze in, in I the don't remake. Even remember? Is it Jennifer Grey? No. Okay. <laughs> no. They nope. gender swapped it. Oh, okay. All right. Is it? Uh, okay. Is it Sam Elliott? No. Nope. Uh, anyway. I'm just gonna wait till right. you're done. Um. I'm so done, then, <laughs> it's like uh, the Total Recall remake with uh with uh what's his name? Alan Farrell. Yeah. Never saw that either. It it yeah, it's, re, it's completely reimagined, but all the all the story beats are exactly the same. So you're like, oh, all right. Well, so, so that's like, not that's good. the same as the remake of Poltergeist. Yeah. Too. I didn't even see the remake of Poltergeist. I wouldn't. Did they remake Poltergeist? Yeah, with with uh, with uh, uh, Sam Rockwell, and it was a big thing role. for a very short time, right? Wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. And I'll and I'll tell you this about it: it's not oh bad. God. It's not a bad movie. The problem with it I is, remember that is you get to the end of it and you're just like, why did they even bother? If they weren't going to change it. Right. considerably why even bother making a movie and calling it poltergeist that's a double-edged sword because sometimes they change it and you're like why they do this you know they've they've ruined it well that's the whole thing it's, it's like just for money that's the just, only reason you do a remake there is no other reason just, none zero. just to make a new movie and call it something else don't call yeah. it poltergeist yeah well i'll come up with a new idea because no, no one's I, got that's it. What I'm saying. you can't sell a new or, idea or, Put a numeral uh, uh, Roman number after it. (laughs) That was Poltergeist 5. People probably loved it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Poltergeist 2, Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) Poltergeist 22. I mean, it's just, we're stuck now. You know, they're going to remake everything. So, I mean, we're going to get a a new paranormal activity movie here any day now. I guarantee it's just going to pop up. It's going to pop up like Borat. That's a little bit more recent, but... (laughs) When was well, considering, the first one? 2003, four? I don't, I don't know. The last three were terrible. Oh, I didn't see them. First one was terrible. 
No, no, that's not. I like, I like mindless. Couple of great scares in that movie. I like the first one, and I like both endings of the first. One. Great so scares. Two different like endings, and they were and they were both good. I think I like. I only saw one, two, and three. I think I liked them all actually. I liked. I liked because they did a similar thing that they did with uh, with the Saw films, and they messed with time. So each movie was right. incrementally different, but still part of the same the same world and story but then they went back and they went forward and it was a cool little time play with them but i i yeah i i enjoyed i enjoyed those up until they got away from the main cast and then right. then then it, went it almost to, seems like their story like they almost had that story planned out when they did like two and three because it, it didn't seem like they were making stuff up as they went along right right and he and orrin pelly probably did have that and then they were like, well, shit, these are still making money and we have to do one a year. So uh, I don't really feel like working on these anymore. So we'll just, you know, put the idea out there or, you know, we can use the same demon and we'll just bring other people and other stories in and we'll call it paranormal activity and then add a number after it. You know, just like, you know, marked they liked it, the marked ones and uh, <laughs> I don't know what the other the other thing was. Oh, hello, kitty. Yeah, I got a cat standing on a chair in the back. Nice. That's good in See? Halloween. Yeah, there was one other thing that just popped in my head, which fits the theme of our show and whatever for uh, news. And that was, uh, I guess, scientists came up with what Ugh, they consider the going. scariest, scariest movie of all time. Based <laughs> you see this article, Damien? I, I, I did not read it, but I saw what movie they chose. And... <laughs> I, have, I have not seen it, but I got to get your your three's point of view on if is it even close or no. Not even close. I thought the movie was horrible. Okay. But I will say this about that movie. The 16 millimeter footage in it, I thought was really kind of creepy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Would have rather seen strictly almost just that kind of stuff going on. That sounds like Prince of Darkness. The 16 millimeter footage in that was awesome. And the rest of the movie was fucking garbage. So I I think I understand (laughs) what you mean. Coming out on 4K. What are you talking about? Which film are you speaking about? Uh, the movie was Sinister, Hassan. Oh, Sinister. Okay. Have you seen no. it? No. No? Oh, okay. I no. thought maybe you had seen it. No, you it didn't already. see it? No, I have not seen it. Okay. It's uh, the scariest movie according to science, Hassan. It's not. Just so you're aware. <laughs> according to science? Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. these two aren't scientists here, Hassan. <laughs> the scientists said it's the scariest movie. <laughs> Well, if it's if yeah. science says I, so, I thought that there. I thought that <laughs> not pro- science, scientists. There's a difference. <laughs> I thought that their the process that they chose to uh, to make that decision was a little suspect. But uh, what, what was it? So what they did was they strapped heart monitors onto people and showed them horror films. Oh, Christ's right? sake! <laughs> so what they did was they measured the way people's heart rates from a standing heart rate and how far it went up watching these particular films and where they peaked at. And then they went back and they took all their data and they threw it into a data set and they said, Oh, sinister caused the highest difference in heart rate change from people from a standing heart rate to whatever it was. And, you know, and got, and and they decided that that was the, that was the magic number. What what other movies did they show? I mean, well, that's a great question. Were their eyeballs being held open already? And they yeah. and they were they were given the yeah. treatment. Their eyeballs were being held open, and then they were they they played Beethoven in they, the background. They clearly and... were <laughs> they clearly were not shown Exorcist three or Exorcist one for that. I matter. mean, yeah, really. 
Did they have no. a disclaimer, artist subjective, at the end of it that they yeah. should have slapped yeah. on? I, w- I would like to know what the what the what the movies were that they used to supposedly measure this. But uh, yeah, it was. I saw that, and I was just. I started. I openly laughed when I yeah. was reading. I was reading this the the science behind <laughs> the uh, study. Yeah, yeah that I was. I forgot about that. I was going to bring that up, but yeah, I thought that was pretty amusing. It's like the most affecting piece of art is the Mona Lisa because well, the most people reacted with their hearts to well, I mean, <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. It's just dumb. It's a dumb idea. And if you thought of it just because there's a pandemic, that was the best you could do. You still fail. And if you're what listening you- to our show and you're the scientist who came up with this, you fail. You fail. And that's it. Yeah. So go back and come up with a new study or just yeah, ask, some, you just ask some people. You can't put scientific data on art, you know, yes. it's all up into interpretation. Well, this, yeah, this was their, th- th- listen, this was a way for, this was a, this was a, a way for someone to get an article written in the month of Absolutely. October. Yeah, that, exactly. That, right. That's what they got. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So Damien's, uh, his guilty pleasure choice. It's the same movie. We're going to talk about it all over <laughs> it again. Is, <laughs> is until you get it right. No, I'm sorry. Until you understand. <laughs> <laughs> until you learn it. In fact, put it on. Put it on right now. We'll go scene by scene. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a live view. Right now. <laughs> I'll do commentary over this. <laughs> anyway, back to our matters at hand. Damien's oh, yeah, my bad. D- Damien's <laughs> my, my bad. Damien's Guilty pleasure. Uh, fearless vampire killers. Or, pardon me, your teeth are in my neck. Who says vampires are no laughing matter? <laughs> they certainly are. The fearless vampire killers. Or, pardon me, but your teeth are in my neck. Two men on a vampire hunt. Simple? They certainly are. From 1967, directed by Roman Polanski, with a running time of, well, depending on which version you watched, there's a running time of... Well, I think there's only one version now. They, they fixed it. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. okay. And it's been like that for quite a while, like since the 80s or 90s or something like that, I think. Okay, so running time of 97 minutes. This is a uh, classical vampire tale set in the old country with through the lens of Roman Polanski. That's really all that needs to be said about that. <laughs> Damien, I know, I know that actually your guilty pleasure, initially your guilty pleasure pick was uh, uh, Return of the Evil Dead, which uh, is the second in the Blind Dead quadrilogy there's four of them right yes four of them um which would have made latham watch two blind, <laughs> two of the blind dead four films which uh i thought might be cruel and unusual uh so i uh i i i, I we talked and uh you, you ended up switching to fearless vampire killers which admittedly i had never seen as well so uh that actually worked out well why fearless vampire killers uh, you know uh that that's another movie i i think that it's a period piece. It's very Hammer-esque uh, movie in the time of Hammer films. Uh, you know, well, kind of, I don't want to say, I don't know if Hammer was at their peak, but they were definitely churning out a lot of yeah. gothic horror at the time. So this this has the feel, but it also has, it's, it's the comedy 
to it that's i don't know what kind of comedy you would call it because it's not really slapstick but it's not um it's not like joke humor either right just like situation humor i I guess more than anything and and, but it also has serious uh somewhat realism of of the vampires in it Mm -hmm. you know so i I, it's it's an interesting combination of of all that together and again it's like the luscious setting of like the, the winter mountains of Transylvania, which I think at that time, I don't really recall any other vampire movies being in the snow. Right. Uh, so it has that going for it. And, and, and just as soon as the movie starts off, whether like in a sled, you know, going to like this inn, and you, and Roman Polanski wakes up because he hears wolves howling. And then he, he looks behind him and he sees like wolves running up after the sled to attack the sled. <laughs> Again, it's like one of those situations like where if you were in that situation in the middle of fucking Transylvania and <laughs> wolves are chasing you, you're like, yep, no. <laughs> it's a bad start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bad start to our vacation, to doctor. <laughs> but, uh, but I really, I really like the humor in this movie. Uh, and, and I like the visuals of the castle and, and the whole, uh, the uh, vampire dance at the end and how they're given up where they're like, they're all pretending they're vampires until they see the reflection in the mirror and they're the only ones that show up. <laughs> and it's, it's again, it's, it's a situation you put in yourself in. And I actually a long time ago, I had a dream like that where it's like in the middle of a, of nowhere in, in, in a snowstorm and you're in a room with someone who reveals they're a vampire and, what are you going to do? Are you going to run outside into the snow in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> Where do you go? <laughs> yeah. You know, how far do you run before you're caught? You know, you're at, or at die some, just from the, yeah, you're at a disadvantage on, on so many levels. Uh, and then plus you, you throw in the, the beautiful uh, Sharon Tate. Oh my uh, gosh. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, it was Holy just cow, unbelievable man. in this movie. Yeah, you know, three. I love that. She has like three bathing scenes. <laughs> like all she does is take a bath in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, and no nudity. Yeah, no nudity. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I I hadn't seen this, and uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an unabashed uh, fan of Polanski's filmmaking in general. I'm, and, I'm, not, uh, I'm not too familiar with Polanski's uh, a lot of his other movies. So, other it, than Rosemary's certain, Baby. Yeah, like my my love for this is not based on on him, right? Uh, per se, it's it's just a a good movie. Yeah, I'm 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 the other way. I'm I'm a big fan of his film of his filmmaking and uh, his film choices, and uh, I I en- I enjoyed this thing start to finish, built mostly on the idea that it's so unlike so many of his other films. It's it's it seems so outside most of his other stuff outside of Rosemary's Baby and Ninth Gate, which we covered a few weeks ago. He mostly stays away from the supernatural stuff, right? You know, it's he just shoots stories, you know, for whatever weird connections they may have. And, uh, for him to do just an all out, I mean, for honestly, lack of a better term, just an all out vampire movie and, and to, 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 to come across this way and, and, and to do it in this manner, which there aren't that many vampire comedies and even fewer that are really successful. And I think that, that this one probably is the single most successful one. And I, and I, I totally once get bitten? once bitten, well, love at first, love at first bite. I was going to say love at first bite. Was that probably the next one that came along? 
probably because that would have been mid seventies, late seventies. Yeah. Love at first bite is that that's the George Hamilton one, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then once bitten was that Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah. That, that was, but before he was Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> before anybody knew who he was, or yeah. what you know, he he exploded later. Yeah. You know, that's but, one with uh, Lauren Hutton, right? Yeah. Yes. Oof. Not very wow. good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, just everything about I me—the mean, whole thing. You know, they show up at the they show up at the inn. The professor's frozen solid. You know, and they they <laughs> carry like him inside. Albert Einstein. They, they they carry him inside and put his feet in a bathtub and and rub snow on his face and uh, you know eventually he kind of thaws out and he's he seems to be fine. Which you're so just do you like, know, do you know who played the the professor in that? Well, I know the the actor's name, but I didn't know the connection. Uh, well, okay, but he he was I can't think of the character's name now. But he, the the director from The Exorcist that was uh, Ellen Bernstein's friend who was direct who was director of the movie she was oh, in. Oh shit. No, no, no! In the movie that in the movie, uh, yeah, the movie within the movie, yeah, the oh. movie that because she, she was an Burke. actress, so when she's working on the yeah. film, he was the director. His name was Burke in that movie. Oh, That's wow. actually him in this movie under Holy all that cow. hair and stuff. <laughs> wow! What, I totally what was didn't. this? The guy who played the professor, Abronzius, mm-hmm. in this played in The Exorcist, played the director of the film that Ellen Burstyn's character was working on. At the beginning, like that drunk guy all the time. Yeah, yeah. This, well, she had she was having an affair with him, wasn't she? Was I she sleeping with the director so. on that? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, but it, it, here nor there. Uh, I just th- this movie was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, all the way through. Um, I loved all the little, all the little. You know, you know, we've we've talked about the 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 use of of high speed camera work in the past on a couple of things we've watched, especially recently. And this being a comedy, you 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 sort of accept that sort of camera trickery at times without ha- bothering you at all. So the the few times it's used in this movie are, are work fine. They're, they you know the little little speed ups for a little humor a, a little humorous task, but it's like all the little sequences, the sequence where, where Roman runs into the count's son and, you know, and, and the count's son is got, is infatuated with him. And so all of a sudden yeah. the great scene where, where, where he, he runs all the way around the whole circular <laughs> courtyard and he comes right back up and he just stops and looks at him. And it's a total, it's a total, like, it's almost like a, like a, a, a Looney Tunes Bugs Bunny moment, you know, where he stops and he turns and he looks and he realizes he's come all the way back around again. And he's just standing there and they're both just looking at each other and there's this beat. And then he's just like, huh? <laughs> and then he just goes to take off. Again. And of course he tackles him cause he's right there. But there's just, there's a lot of like just really funny physical comedy stuff in this. That, Is Polanski you know, known for his humor? No, no, that's, that's, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, this is such an anomaly. Right. You look at his body of work as a filmmaker. I mean, even you go, you go either direction from this, you either go backwards or you go forwards. All of his, his psychological horror stuff like cul-de-sac or repulsion or uh, the tenant, you know, all that's super dark, super serious. Right. Yeah. You know, but you don't have, you know, there's just, there's nothing in his, you know, until in his later years, he's, he's done a few other films that are probably could be construed as, having comedic elements but not necessarily comedies but this is just this is this is just uh, I, I don't know how successful it was 
you know, I know that I know that outside the U.S. it goes by a completely different name. It goes by Dance of the Vampires, which right. uh, we'll see when we get into the poster stuff. You'll see that um, initially when this film, and if this is if this is the original running time of this film, uh, the original full running time, and when this film was originally brought to U.S. audiences and released, that they cut nearly twenty minutes out of this. Yeah, like you know, and he compl- he complained about the coherency of the film. Well, fuck yeah, dude! You cut twenty minutes out of this movie. This movie's going to be a mess. Um, and then obviously they changed the name for uh, the American audiences. But um, yeah, I I I really really like this. This was this was so much fun, and and I'll never obviously pass up a chance to see a to watch a Polanski film I haven't seen before. But this this was just. This was really a surprise. I did, I, I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did. <laughs> I'm glad you sure. enjoyed it. Hassan? I didn't, I didn't know it was a Roman Polanski film until, until I started watching it. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know. Because, you know, first it's, it kind of starts off and it says story by so-and-so and Roman Polanski. I'm yeah. like, oh, all right. That's yeah, they don't list him in the uh, credits in the beginning of the movie as an right. actor. Only at the Which- end. Yeah, it, it, it says directed. In it. <laughs> it says directed by Roman Polanski. I'm like, oh, all right, you know, this won't be so crazy. And <laughs> and then I just see him in a, you know, in a in the sled in the beginning, and I'm like, and he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a which kind of funny to to go off of what you were saying earlier, uh, Damien, about uh about children i remember the credits of uh fearless vampire killers when i was a kid of watching the the mgm oh uh, with the vampire face turn into, yeah. yeah turn into a vampire <laughs> and then start bleeding and then you know the blood runs down the hole and i i couldn't get past that and i <laughs> i never watched the film when i was well, yet yeah, when funny. i was a kid i just couldn't know like, <laughs> like oh this is one of those never mind yeah no nope, yeah. not, not gonna happen so there were so many vampire movies on when I was, you know, those those old vampire movies, and uh, some of them you can get through, and some of them you just can't, you know. Um, so I don't think I ever, I I don't think I even got to the sled scene, you know, when I was young. So watching this now, I'm like, okay, let's, this this will be interesting. Uh, everything Steve said, uh, I agree with. It it is a little all over the place, but if you're talking, I don't know if this is the the version I saw was with the twenty minutes uh, cut out of it or restored. If, if you, I saw, have no if idea. you saw a ninety minute version, then you saw the full version. Okay. Yeah, I don't even think the cut version really exists anymore. Ninety minutes? Well, sorry, ninety seven. Ninety seven. Uh, it's an hour and forty one minutes. That's that's the one I had. Yeah, so. yeah mine is an hour forty seven. So oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. Yeah, that's what I saw it. Is it one forty-seven? All right, that's that might be my mistake. I might have misread the oh. one thirty-seven for forty-seven. That might have yeah, been. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's one hour forty-seven. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, with a running um, time of a hundred and with, with a running time <laughs> <laughs> with a running time of one hundred and seventeen minutes. One hundred and seven minutes. Yeah. Maybe the cut version was like ninety something. Okay. Yeah. Right. It has to be because uh, yeah. There's. That, I mean, like that's what the math I was missing. So, okay, sorry, go ahead, Tosan. This is a, no, like I could, for, secondly, <laughs> I have, I didn't quite get it before. I mean, I understood, I understood the stories and, 
and stuff. I understand the, the you know the whole tragedy behind it and whatever. I didn't get the Sharon Tate thing until this movie. Because I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, until yeah. you see her in oh, something. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I get you. <laughs> yeah. I'm following now. Because, um, I mean, she's stunning in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, even before she's a vampire. <laughs> even before she's immortal. She's like, it's like, wow, this is, you know. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I understand. You know, I understand why he went crazy after she died, you know, because <laughs> I mean, I mean that, I mean that sort of facetiously, but I also mean that seriously. I mean, it's, that's, that's, yeah, you I get it. Like, yeah, I get it from a, from a, you know, from a male perspective, but then I also, I also get it from a, from a realistic perspective. I understand how that just kind of destroyed his world because well, I mean, first and the second of all, she's got the, the two of them have a lot of chemistry in in the brief scenes that they're together mm-hmm. on the film, so I mean, they were that that was a real deal between the two of them. So you know that that was a this movie kind of open. I mean, you can't really this is, and this is where he met her. So yeah, um, did he cast her? No. Or, okay. The role was originally given to Jill St. John, and she pulled out at the last minute. And the I producer Martin Ranshahoff said, "You need to use this girl, Sharon Tate." And Polanski's like, huh? So he went, he said there was a whole uh, process that they went through to get her on board. But he basically, at the end of the day, said, okay, she's fine. And obviously yeah. that worked out very well. And then, I mean, and, and then, and, and then it didn't work oh, out. Oh, by, and the way, oh, yeah. by the end of the day, he said she was fine. By the next morning, he, he was slipping a ring on her finger. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the first day she was fine. Second day, she's fine. <laughs> I th- I thought this was you know it was it's one of those weird comedies where it's just morose like the the humor is is that the heroes are inept you know they're the heroes are so inept the vampires don't even understand what's going on <laughs> I think they're almost um, no threat so it's like the vampires yeah. the vampires are so secure in their own power they're just like what are you actually what, going what to do you, until like, they lay the swords down and the yeah. vampires like. Like, <laughs> like we're caught in our own web of lies, you know. Like they couldn't even. And then the the sequence at the end, the the, the vampires like going down the, in the in the coffin. He slay and he just goes right off the cliff. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Where they ride yeah. by, and then they they think that they do a close up of him, like <laughs> he's flying through the air, <laughs> which always works on me. Like he's just kind of isn't this a bitch. <laughs> Like I knew this plan wasn't going to work from the beginning. And they spend so. so much time setting up the travel down the hill and him yeah. figuring the timing and stopping and then re-going again to make sure that he can intercept them. Yeah. And then, ah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and then that ending, you know, that's a yeah, again, kind of a heavy ending. You Bleak know, ending. A, yeah, you and your you were in your damn endings. Um. <laughs> I'm a fan when everybody dies. <laughs> I, I I did like um, <laughs> I did think the, the experience that children children shouldn't play with dead things was a good experience, but you know ultimately I had my issues with it. But this was this was great. Fearless Vampire Killers was great, and I I I, I hate to say I've n- I'd never heard of it before, even though I knew I'd seen the opening the the credits before. Yeah. To to so. And it made such an indelible impression on me that I remembered it 40 years later, you know, that's fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember this opening. But yeah, so yeah, this is great. The court the, the courtyard scene is oh, also yeah, did you did you notice that uh Polanski almost is, is almost running preternaturally fast at that point? I think they cut it. I think it's a it's a clever cut. Because you see him go through the door, and then there's a cut, and they, they stay on the vampire, and the vampire comes to the courtyard, and he's impossibly ahead. Yeah, you know, like, no like yeah, you know, to the, and then you just, and the, and the vampire, what's great, the, the gag is great, because they don't even show the vampire's face when he just waits there, he just <laughs> stops. It's like his sleeve and, or something. Yeah, he's, he's like, oh, he's, he's like, there, mm, but. Okay, yeah, and, it's, and, it, and then like you said, Steve, when he comes around, and he, comes, he runs right into him. And Polanski plays it so great, like ah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't even know. How. All right, I'm just. <laughs> he acts so well in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would think um, that acting's like natural for him. And I think that I mean I was enjoying the movie before that, but I think that was a scene that just like pushed it over the top. I'm like, okay, this is great. You know, this is fantastic. <laughs> um, and I did the the inept uh, hero thing is not often done really well. You know, because a lot of times they just annoy you so much that they're, you know, that, that right. they're ineffective, that, that it doesn't come off that, that great. But I think if the vampires themselves were over the top, it wouldn't have worked. It would have been an imbalance. But the vampires are just kind of casually moving along in their agenda, you know, with, with you know, they're not even rushing. They're not even menacing, like, you know, the, the town or whatever, just... Every now and then they just come and grab somebody and they, you know, they end up in their, in their, in their throng. And so when they, when they find the professor in their midst, they're like, huh, that's a, what do we do about this now? You know? So I, haven't seen I, I thought it was, in a while. yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like, wow, they, one of them actually got bold enough to come into this house. That's, you know, this is, <laughs> I, we don't even know what to do in, in cases like this. So I enjoyed it. I thought that I thought it was a great film. Latham. I think a lot of movies from the late '60s to the early '70s, they would, they'd always cast some kind of female lead that was just so magnetic that it's almost like they knew they had part of the audience already just by putting this unbelievably attractive woman in one of the main roles. And we've done other films like. Um, uh, the Westerns we watched with, what was her name, Claudia? Claudia Cardinal. Yeah, same thing there, same thing for Castle Keep, and same thing with this. I mean, you know, that it, it doesn't happen that much in film anymore. You have attractive actresses, but it's it's just not the same as it was back then. And, uh, you know, she when she's on screen, you're paying attention, and that's may sound like an easy thing to do, but I don't think it is. So I think he... If that if she wasn't supposed to be the original lead, that's a really well both lucky and unlucky thing that that walked into his life at the time based on what happened. But this this movie almost feels like a concept piece, almost like someone approached him and said, "Hey, you made some other movies that don't really have anything to do with this film in how you direct and subject matter and stuff, but why don't we go for it? This is a really funny, unique idea." And he just rolled with it. And, you know, like Steve said, he hasn't done anything like it since or before. And it's just, it, 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 it works on a lot of levels, especially, I mean, the com the different levels of comedy in this, the slapstick, the, the, um, 
understated lines. It just it, it's it, it's fun to watch because not just because it's Polanski, but because someone chose to do this at this time. I mean, were there any other vampire movies that came out in this year? I doubt it. Um, well, Hammer would have been probably working in this period for sure. Definitely, yeah. Okay, okay, that's a good point. Um, but it just it just feels unique. It feels like it's just like uh, it's it's a meta movie. It's just working outside of what everyone else was doing at the time. And I like that stuff. That makes me want to watch it. And that made it so I, I was never bored watching this film. I think Polanski's, uh, you know, it's hard to direct, uh, direct a film and act in it at the same time and be considered, you know, like you did a great job. And I think he, I don't know what you guys think. I, I think he's really good. I mean, I, I didn't know he could be, that good of an actor i like the tone of it it's it's just you know like you guys said with the ending it's it it, it, this movie shifts tone a lot and it's that's not easy to do either so it's like he was taking a lot of leaps with something he had not not handled before in a film what is this his fourth film fifth film am i close fourth fourth okay so so, yeah, I mean, he's only got three under his belt at the time. So you can't really at the time you're not like, oh, he has never done this before in his career. He only done three movies, but it's but, almost he, like, but he had done three serious thrillers. Well, well, right, right. So he had defined himself, but yeah. he could still a lot of directors switch genres. And sure, I, I, I just felt like he was naturally suited to, to make this film. And it's it's clever. It's funny. You know, I don't think it's the greatest thing ever but it's I, I was surprised by it when i thought i i might not enjoy it based on the knowing what the ge- you know general subject matter of it was right i'm not a huge vampire movie fan I, i'm trying to think what my favorite vampire movie would be i know mine is i mean probably yeah. interview with the vampire i think i think wow I don't know. really yeah i like that movie <laughs> a lot most people don't like that movie but i like yeah. it. i like but i like neil jordan so I like I like Neil Jordan, but uh, yeah, that yeah, I, I I know what my favorite vampire film is. Damien, I, I knew what yours was. That is what Salem's is it? Lot. Okay, Salem's Lot. That's right. That's right. The What's TV. Yours, Stevie? The, let the right one in. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I, I would say Fearless Vampire Killers is probably in my top five favorite vampire movies. Though. Wow. Easily, easily. Yeah, yeah this, it this is jumped in right immediately away. into my top. Yeah, it's it's very unique, and as funny as it is at times, some of the scenes are very haunting. Like they are on the cemetery, and all the vampires are coming out of their tombs and stuff yeah. like that. That's a very haunting piece of imagery. There, he's got great shots in this, and it's some of the better shots in his and, films. I don't really remember his films that I like based on his shots. It's more of yeah. how he directs and, and tells his story. But this had some of the best. Yeah, it's like the whole isolation of, of everything. You know, you everyone, you just feel completely isolated wherever they go between the inn, the, the castle. You know, you really feel isolated and there's there's just, where do you go? Well, and that's the thing. It's like that inn was filled with people, but it's like, where where are all those other, where do, where do they all go? Yeah. Like just to the local farms and stuff. And like, this is the only place in a hundred miles. How safe is it to get to to those farms? Well, right. Because I mean, they travel a a fair distance to get to the castle. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, where are all the, where do those people live? Hassan, what was your favorite vampire movie? Do you have one? Oh, Fright Night. Fright Night. Fright Night. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, redneck, redneck the vampire. <laughs> no, dra- dragnet. Dragnet, dragnet the vampire. Yes. No, what did Fright, you say? I didn't. Fright night, the original Fright night. Oh, Fright with, night with Chris Sarandon and yeah, uh, Roddy Roddy McDowell. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good movie. One. Yeah, that's a lot um, of fun. But My it's uh, in summary, I'd just say it's. I'd recommend anyone to see it. It's just again, it's it's kind of like Castle Keep in a way. It's just going in it's not what you expect and from the time period you're watching it in where you afford it the luxury of when it came out you're going to be pleasantly surprised it's very you know it's just a, it's a well put together clever film and again like i think hassan said i had never heard of it either i had remembered something about a polanski vampire movie but i never knew anything more than that so going into this i was fairly blind and uh you know pleasantly surprised and and other than a little bit of, uh, I mean, there's really, I mean, in additionally, there's not much blood in this. There's no nudity. There's not a lot of blood in this film, yeah. you know, uh, you know, a couple of bloody mouths and a little bit of blood in the tub. But I mean, other than that, there's not a lot of, of, of anything. I mean, you could almost say this is like a PG or PG 13 film. Probably, it was PG, right? It was, uh, I think it was PG. It's PG or GP now. or, the version that rated. I watched is not rated. It says, or, "Yeah, okay." Uh, so maybe it had no rating. Wow, IMDb has it at seven point two two. That's not so bad. Um, was so there, yeah, was there even a rating system maybe in the sixty-seven? Uh, just from critics, I think nothing. N- not from the uh, MPAA. So. Not at, yeah, not they didn't have MPAA. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it. No, it I, wasn't. It wasn't rated. When but, was the first film? Uh, Midnight Cowboy was rated X. What year was Init- that? Initially, but it was given a rating, so they had to have ratings at that point. 68 is Midnight Cowboy? 69. 69, I think. 69. So it was close. But, yeah, I mean, what would you rate this? It would be PG. It would be a PG, for PG. sure. It's yeah. just not – and that's cool. It's almost like there's a lot of those movies in the 70s, early 80s that were PG – that right now would never be PG. Airplane is a perfect example. I'm really supply, you know, I show it to my daughter and then I'm like, Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, there's some, (laughs) there's some bare breasts. I forgot about that. That's, that's all PG, you know, that's PG 13 now. So it's cool to see these movies that, that could slide under the radar and be entertaining and maybe have a, a little bit of fringe where it's tipping towards something offensive or scary or whatever. But it's okay. Honestly, in watching this film and thinking back, you know, I, we, I watched it last night and, and thinking back on it, you know, as, as, as part of this discussion, I, I can't think of anything in that movie other than knowing when it was made that necessarily even dates this movie. You know, That's, yeah. I, it's all practical effects. There's no, there's no crazy, you know, what, you know, crazy wire work other than, uh, you know, the one scene of him dropping in through the window is really the only shot uh, that's anything like that. Everything else is all is all done practically. So the big, technicolor. It would be the technicolor that would maybe kind of maybe yeah. would give it away. That would give it away. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I'm saying watching it, you don't. You wouldn't necessarily feel like this is a dated film. No, other that than that aspect, dated at all. It, it, this that's... is a t- very timeless feeling movie. Yeah, it's it's it works. It still works as well as it did back then, and that's you can not say that about a lot of films. So. Yes. Yeah. 
a lot of fun. Uh, so did I'm you guys? Everyone enjoyed that one at least. <laughs> did you guys? Did you guys catch the great cameo? No, no. So when they're in the inn at the beginning, uh, after the professor warms up, and they're eating. And he's asking the innkeeper about all the garlic hanging around. And the garlic's like, oh, it's just garlic. We eat garlic. You know, it means nothing. And he's like, well, are there any castles around? And he goes, castles? There's no castles. There's not even anything close to a windmill. And he turns around to the whole group of people in the town there. And he goes, there's no castles around here, right? And the village idiot is sitting there plucking a goose or a chicken or whatever. And he's like, and he starts to talk. And the one guy puts his hand over his mouth. (laughs) Did you guys recognize the village idiot? No, No. it was tote. No, really? It was Ronald. It was Ronald Lacey. Wow. Never would have guessed that. I got to watch that again. (laughs) You're fire. (laughs) Well, wait, I mean, you wouldn't know because he didn't melt. That's why. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, he started melting. I would have recognized him. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't melt Great into point, a puddle. So. Good call. <laughs> like that's oh, his only man. gimmick. Like <laughs> that was. Uh... Hassan, have you seen Triangle? Don't let the Bermuda Triangle no. go the way of the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Don't... <laughs> Tri- uh, triangle is uh, right up there in the trilogy of great time travel movies that were understated with primer triangle and time Um, crimes and that's and and they're all great in their own way but triangle is is really cool when you're trying to figure out what's going on yeah when you when you get to the end yeah you're like oh Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. It's it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. Is it the same reaction that uh, that Polanski had when he came around the courtyard? Strangely, strangely similar. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> I didn't think this through. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was like fucking physics. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so funny, too, because you see him and you watch him run around. He gets to the far side and he starts to come back up. And it, it's not until he's almost all the way back that you realize what's coming. Yeah. And then it, it takes on you. And then it takes its time <laughs> playing out in front of you because he gets comes up the steps and he's right there and he just walks right over to him. And you're just like, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> such a great scene. It's great because there's absolutely no setup to it. There's yeah. no foreshadowing to it. There's no, yeah, you know, the there's point. no lead in. It doesn't, it doesn't step on its own tail at all in the entire, it just lets it happen. And by the time you realize it, you're, the good thing about it is you're a couple of seconds ahead of him yes. from realizing it. So it, okay. it's so you don't, it doesn't try to get you with a jump scare. It gets you with like, oh, come on, dude. <laughs> right and just his re- his 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 reaction or non-reaction if you want to call it that that beat then there is just yeah. is just so great it's so perfect and then like the vampire too he's just standing there like mm-hmm. that dude like come yeah. on dude your move <laughs> gonna bite you. you're making yeah. this way too easy you're yeah. making this way too easy exactly <laughs> oh Ugh, what a night. So I guess this means <laughs> time for me to go to the bathroom. 
That's what this means. Oh, is that what that means? Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I don't have to go to the bathroom. Oh, you don't have to go to the bathroom? Nope. I was All thinking right. of something else. <laughs> were, were you thinking that maybe it was time to go down the tubes? And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. <laughs> they, they do this every week. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I meant to warn you, but I just didn't get a chance. So starting off with the, the posters for Fearless Vampire Killers, uh, the USA poster. It's a good one. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. And I was trying to find out, Damien, I don't know if you know or not. Do you know the artist? I do not. Because um, he looks like one of the Italian guys. It, you know, and, and the bottom part is, I feel like it's very Frazetta. It is Frazetta. You know, and it reminds I was gonna me bring of, that up. Uh, I was going to bring that up later, but that is Frazetta. Yeah, it reminds me of Mad Monster Party. That's exactly right. Yeah. He did, he, he did 10 or 15 posters with these very caricature style people on them. Uh, I actually found a site with an article about like the 10, the 10 least Frazetta-like movie posters you've ever seen that were done by Frank Frazetta. And, this uh, reminds me of uh, you guys ever seen a poster for "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World"? Yeah, yeah. kind of like that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what this reminds me of. But I like it a lot. I think it's great. And then the obviously the upper art is is just you know that's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's funny is so now I I, I moved uh, the next poster I moved up. It would have been later in the list, but I moved it up just to use as a comparison to the American release. And and why they chose to paint over his hand? That's great. I've never seen this before. Like now, I feel like I need to find this poster. <laughs> <laughs> Not suitable for children, right? <laughs> it's just funny because it kind of is. <laughs> sticker on it. Why'd they remove his fangs? Yeah, that his fangs are gone too. Is that too unsuitable for children? Maybe. It's funny that they would it, it's a fucking because, vampire. Of, because of the puritanical nonsense, they would feel compelled to move to remove his hand, which is effectively or could have been effectively um, showing more of her. Yeah, blocking her breasts yeah. from being exposed. You know, so like I don't. We know what he's doing too. She's in. Yeah, I mean, sex come on. is okay, but I mean, strangulation is not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Moronic. Him him looking very angry at her from behind is okay, but Yeah. <laughs> uh so next we have a US half sheet. Yeah, this is a great one too. It's just great. <laughs> I love it. It's minimalistic but great. Yep, there's a there's a full one sheet uh, uh style of this poster as well. Hmm. And uh, this is this this poster is actually the image, uh, this sort of bat image is taken and modified later for an Italian poster that we'll see shortly. Uh, but next is the UK quad. Hmm. Very cute. I, I do like the fact that like all these posters to an extent have some sort of comedic level to the poster also. It's, it's, you know, they, they tell you that the story is a little tongue in cheek. It's almost like half and half because like, the American the U.S. and the quad is, is a serious image and then a cartoon image. Right. And then uh, n- next from this is the U.K. re-release poster. Nice. Yeah, this is this is just this is just kind of good looking. 
Yeah, awesome. Reminds me of Dark Shadows. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> and uh, next we have the French Les Balles des Vampires, which is a modification of the UK quad. Yeah. All these are stylistically uh, well done, I think. I like the font they use at the bottom. Too. It's cool. Next would be uh, Italy. Well, the first one from Italy we have, which is a fairly straightforward kind of repaint, but again, with a, a more serious image with a more cartoony one up above. <laughs> yeah, this one I don't like as much. Yeah, it seems kind of weird. The, uh, the mix and, and, of genres. and with the Italian films, they stick with the, pardon me, but your teeth are in my neck. Por favor. <laughs> Kahlo is his neck. Uh, I'm guessing. I don't. I don't know Italian, but oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so next is uh, Italy two, which is another uh, another version, but a similar, you know, similar yeah. elements. This seems much more Italian. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a better image, also. I don't like the color, but whatever. And then the next one is the one where they kind of spoof off the U.S. half-sheet image of that bat creature, but then they add legs to him and then put a full-on naked blonde in front of him. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just... So it's like, which which you get none of in the movie. So <laughs> it's like... I miss this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pardon me, your fangs are in my breath. <laughs> this, is the, this is the Poland cut, which uh, no, never left uh, Polanski's desk. <laughs> Jeez. He's like, this is what I wanted to do with Tate in the movie, and they wouldn't let me. God damn it. <laughs> Wait, she's going to bite me? Uh, ah, forget it. I'll just marry her. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> taking a turn. It's all taking a turn. Though <laughs> so next is the German poster. Yeah, never saw it. It's funny there. There, there was a bunch of there was a bunch of posters that I skipped uh, downloading. Uh, this was this was eventually turned into a stage play, a musical in Europe. I don't know if it was ever brought over to the U.S., but all the music for the for the musical stage play was done by Jim Steinman. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Who wrote all the music, of course, for Meatloaf. So, very interesting. Next, we have Finland, which uh, blows up a couple elements of the Frazetta artwork. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. Fine with this, boss. <laughs> Next, we have Sweden, which is just a mosh of a bunch of stills. Yeah, not 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 too inventive there in Sweden. Hey, lazy, Sweden. <laughs> lazy Sweden, come on, new lazy, lazy. Sweden. Well, the bat on the bottom is new. That's true. That's true. As is that uh, that font that they're using for that, uh, which I'm sure was just all hand drawn, but uh, for the title, Apolo- Swede apologist. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure what that would be, Vamp. Vampirinus. I mean, obviously, the first part's vampires, but what? Well, I wonder what Nat is in Swedish. Vampire Knight, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so next is the Japanese poster, 
And no one who's in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Sharon Tate right there. Is it? Yeah. It's not from this movie. Doesn't. Yeah, I think it is. Oh. She's a and... redhead in this movie. That's Yeah, well, this is a clearly washed out version of this and just all the just completely desaturated. And the like teeth uh, teeth marks in the neck. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. two hole punched in <laughs> two holes punched in the paper. Here is where you attach the poster. Or somebody like put two bullet holes through the poster and they're like, "Ah, this is where." <laughs> there it is. Now it's perfect. Now it's in the <laughs> neck. Uh next is a close up of just the isolated Frank Rosetta art. Okay. That, was, that I was able to find. Yeah. Um, I originally had a, the name on your guys' uh, image is Drew Friedman because that's the name I found on the file originally. So I thought that that was the artist, but I then found out later it was Frank Frazetta. So please ignore the name of that. Or if you'd like to archive any of these images, just change the name to Frank Frazetta. Mm. Moving on. Uh, so the next is the first of our artist posters, uh, Frank C. Uh, Doesn't do uh, Sharon no, too no much justice, justice to Sharon. Right? Yeah, no, I don't like this one. This, this, this is the graphic novel version. This is the graphic novel cover. Oh, wow. the There's way. a graphic novel. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> saying if, if there was. Conceptually, <laughs> yeah. it's nice. You know, yeah. like the, yeah. the composition of it is pretty solid, but every part yeah, but no. Sharon is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next nice is a post. Going. Next is a poster by Killian Eng. Meh. Which this makes me this makes me feel like a like it's a Rankin Bass thing. It's, I feel like a it's a you know you know, you know what it looks uh, like um, Santa Claus is coming to town. It looks like, <laughs> yeah. What's that, that English uh, thing uh, with the uh, the sheep uh, like someone? No oh, Ardman, the Ardman Ardman animation. Yeah, playmation. Yeah, yeah. Where those people mean? are kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, hmm. uh, this reminds me of uh, yeah the the, uh, the burger meister meister burger from uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> uh, so next is Maxime Shiemi or Shilemi. I'm not. I'm butchering that name, and I apologize if the person ever listens to this. They don't get this one at all. Oh wait, yeah, garlic cloves. Yeah, those yes. are garlic cloves. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was the Kremlin. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, they look. They, yeah, they look like the the tops of the, they look like the, uh, the onions on the top of a of a you know Middle Eastern temple. Not working. This was a good try. Yeah, but ultimately yeah, it's, a failure. Yeah. Sorry, but we went with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next is Morgan Lambert. All right. It's a nice well, piece of. It's a nice piece of Art Deco style. Artwork. Yeah guy's trying to like i don't know do a pale version of nagel or whatever he's knocking all that dandruff out of her hair <laughs> well no yeah, I, I don't like it i mean it was snowing <laughs> yeah, i guess this guy barely tried goodbye <laughs> oh, <man>. jesus <laughs> uh next is a poster by someone going under the name patachak uh doesn't fit the movie they're, really. they're garlic clothes. Even though the movie's they're not vampires, clothes. this doesn't work. Yeah, this is too. This is just. You don't, you don't like the cloves of garlic making the teeth? I don't no. like it. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I too like clever it. by half. Okay. Oh, then, I love that one. Then, then the finally, finding. we have uh, finally we have an image by uh, Teodoro Stankowitz. Okay. 
That's not bad. No, sorry. Stank. I actually like it. Is this Tony Stank? Are you Tony Stank? (laughs) Use Tony Stank right over here. Yes, yes, that's Tony Stank. (laughs) Never forgetting that. uh, I actually like this. I I see. Not bad. It's not really a movie poster, but it's it's good. It's decent. Yeah, it need obviously it's missing a credit block, but yeah, I couldn't do it. It's good. It's it's funny that he. how how is it that Tom Savini only has thirty makeup credits? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> and more acting yeah. credits than makeup. Twice really as done. many. He might have doubled. You know, he acted in the movies that he did makeup for, and yeah. so that's what's yeah. But they would his, uh... maybe, but they would still. I mean, they would still list him as doing as doing the makeup department. Maybe he retired early from. Uh... What was his last one? Uh, Inhuman Resources. Super, um, makeup, special Makeup Supervisor. I don't even know what that is. In 2012. <laughs> before that was a movie called Ted Bundy. Yeah. Before that, Cold Hearts. I mean, the last, the last thing on his movie list that I, is a movie I recognize is Killing Zoe from 93. Oh, really? Oh, he wow. did that? Yeah. Huh. A while ago. Great villain. Yeah, the last horror thing is Two Evil Eyes from 1990. Yeah, I remember him on that. Yeah, and before that, Monkey Shines. Maybe he, you know, I don't know, didn't stick with the times and uh, KMB just came by and Mm -hmm. swept everything up. Yeah, I was watching something the other day and... uh, and I was the, we were going through the credits at the beginning, and I and it said you know special makeup by Greg Nicotero and and blah blah blah. And it was it was the three guys from K and B, but not before they were K and B. Oh okay. So, yeah. but uh, I'm like, oh holy shit! It's like oh I gotta I gotta remember to if I, next time I talk to Greg, I gotta ask him about that because it was something that I uh, it was something I it was something I knew really well and i just didn't realize that that they had done the makeup stuff on it but uh but yeah but i mean he it's like he stopped doing makeup i mean he has obviously little bits in like so he's listed as an acting credit here for for the original friday the 13th as man the knife killer uncredited so does that mean he's the like the hand they show with the knife maybe. like at the opening sequence maybe <laughs> Oh, there's only one killer in that movie. It's no man. It's no man. His uh, his first acting credit is in Martin. Oh yeah, the rat. That was a good movie. And then, and then Dawn of the Dead, and began his long affair with Mr. Romero. Anyway, not a bit off track there, but that's all right. Uh, so, uh, that's the, uh, the story of fearless vampire killers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad to expose you guys to something new. And, uh, that's great. Glad I saw both. Chopped yeah, me too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to be able to watch something, uh, at the behest of a guest that, uh, I haven't seen. And probably something uh, you would never watch on your own. Uh, it's not that I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a high priority. Right. But it, it's not. It's, it's a horror film, so I'd, I'll I'll watch anything horror. You know me. Yeah. I, I, 
don't give a shit one way or the other. I've, uh, I'm unbiased to that. All I want you to do is, is give me something out of it. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't even need you to scare me. I just want to, I want to be entertained one way or the other. And, you know, I always, I always, I always try to find something positive out of, uh, out of, uh, any, horror film, whether it be a, a particular scene or a, a camera shot or something just to, to salvage the, the experience, you know, no matter what. But, um, Damien, did you notice by any chance that there is a, <laughs> there's already a second version of La Llorona? Yes. I actually have it on my to watch list. Yeah. Um, I did not see the new WB one, but, uh, I imagine it wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> so I hope that this one, Maybe stays more true. Wait a minute! You didn't, you didn't ever watch it? No. <laughs> How many products did we make from that? <laughs> Three, four? Yeah. And you never watched? No, nope, never watched it. <laughs> oh, that's freaking awesome! I wanted to, but never got around to see it in the theater, and <laughs> never heard anything good about it. <laughs> so I was like, what eh. about um? Did you, did you, uh, but you, you watched, uh, Owl Man though, right? Uh, I watched, yeah. <laughs> the Lord of Tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie I ought to send over to Hassan. <laughs> want to talk about slow. <laughs> oh, good God. Slow and no payoff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that, there's an endorsement. So, <laughs> it's li- it's literally two hours of uh, of I don't even know what you call it. It'll make it, you appreciate not. children it's... shouldn't play with dead things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> send it right over. <laughs> That's a good point. What? Slow burn and no payoff? <laughs> That's my middle name. Sign me up. <laughs> I really oh, wish I could get all my work done today, but I'm watching the. F- I'm in the fifth hour of this movie that has no payoff. <laughs> Nothing I can do. Gee whiz, you know, I'd really <laughs> like to help you out, but I've I've really gotta wait for nothing. I'm, I'm so close to hour ten, I just don't want to break this streak. <laughs> well, I uh I, I hope by next week, Lathan, that you have finished Bly Manor, because I, I look forward to chatting with you about it. Uh we uh, should have it done by um, by yeah, we'll we'll have it done by the next podcast here. Okay, so I haven't even watched the the first one. Oh, for fuck's sake, Hassan. Yeah. Come on, Hassan. Get with the program, man. Stop watching the boys and <laughs> Oh yeah, you're gonna start that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm just uh, gonna let that slide. <laughs> I know. And I, and I appreciate that. Uh Damien, thanks so much, Thank buddy. Thank you guys for having yeah. me on. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Actually it was yeah, awesome. Awesome, Damien. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely circle back around and, and have you back on and, uh, you won't wait till next October for it. So sounds great. I will, uh, find something else bizarre to make everybody watch. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. We'll, re- we'll go. Hey, listen, we'll pick, uh, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the, the, out of the four blind dead movies, it's the one that they consider to be the best. I think it's the third one. Is that the ghost ship? Yeah. The ghost galleon. The ghost galleon. Yep. Yeah, so we picked that one. As long as it's not Ghost Ship. If, if we pick yeah, not Ghost Ship. Oh, <laughs> not unwatchable. That is a go- that's a guilty pleasure of mine. I love that oh, movie. Yeah. I, heard I, I, I like Ghosts on Boats. <laughs> I do. I like Ghosts on Boats. On boats. There oh, are, my God. There aren't many of them. There are not. That's the your... ones there exist, I like. 
That's the title of your memoir. Steve Becky Ghosts on Boats. <laughs> the Old Mariner. The Life and Times. So, yeah. There's a, there's a fun movie called uh, Triangle. If you ever get well, a chance. Awesome. What? Triangle is awesome. Who, oh, who you, has not seen that? I have not seen it. I'm surprised that you've seen it. That's it's great. It's a horror film, but it's a it's a it's like it's got time travel logic that's brilliant. It's yeah, it's great. It's it's, it's better a, than it's, a, it's way better than you think it's going to be when it starts. Whatever happened to yeah, all that it, Bermuda Triangle stuff? Science debunk all that. Well, was like big when yeah, I was a it's kid. Never made any sense in the first place. That's why. <laughs> I think it's, it's still there. I, I think things are still disappearing, are but no one talks about just, it. Yeah, you never I think what happens anymore. is that planes just go around it now and nothing happens and nobody studies it anymore. <laughs> right, that's what it is. <laughs> they finally, like, finally realized yeah. realize go around. So really yeah, they, don't, <laughs> they, don't, they don't go over it like at water level. They go over it at like yeah. 40,000 feet. So yeah. they're like, fuck that triangle. It can't touch me yeah. up here. Someone plotted a map of where all the disappearances were, and they were all outside the triangle. <laughs> so it just completely made the Bermuda Triangle. Really? Yeah, they did. They did. You oh. can look it up. It's like the Bermuda Triangle, where nothing disappears. <laughs> but on the borders of the triangles, this equilateral triangle, which is more important for you to learn about than the goddamn Bermuda Triangle, that's where all these disappearances are. Oh, bringing it back. That's, that's, that's pretty deep. <laughs> it's coming back. I'm bringing the Bermuda Triangle We're bringing back. It back. I'm, bringing the Bermuda I'm going to start just back. posting random made-up news. <laughs> You get it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get it trending. Bermuda Triangle stories. Yep, I want it trending. <laughs> I am currently in the Bermuda Go Triangle. No one can find me. Come find me. It won't be in the triangle. Why, why is no one looking for me? What, what? Gonna get Geraldo Rivera to broadcast Anyone there? there. <laughs> yeah, get Geraldo to open up the triangle. Open up the triangle. Oh, there's no ships oh, in here. What a surprise, you idiot. That was so bad. No, you that have no idea. So bad. Living oh. in living in Chicago at the time, I was just like that it was just it was so funny how hyped everything was. And then when it happened, it was just like, Oh, look, there's this empty bottle in here. Great. <laughs> there was something in there though, it would have been one of the greatest things ever. He took but it was chance. like it yeah. was such a forced error. Yeah. You know, because he yeah, hyped it, it so much. Like, he you sure don't know did. what's in there. He's a gangster. What could he have hidden? <laughs> he, he could only have hidden money or diamonds or furniture. Those are the three things. <laughs> that they made it seem like it, they were opening Montezuma's, yeah. you know, like. You're not finding the Ark oh. of the Covenant behind that Yeah, wall, exactly. But... Like, the, the, like the, the white eight from Congo are going to come <laughs> pouring out <laughs> and start killing everybody. That would have been impressive. Oh my God! That would have been. What have you been eating all these years? Right? <laughs> at least been a note oh. in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if found, uh, told you, sucker. If found, please return to. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was a kid. I remember waiting for that, and I we were watching it, and I miscalculated. I'll just say I miscalculated, and I passed out halfway, like through the, oh, begin, the intro. Oh, wow. And it was the so best I woke decision up, you ever made. Yeah, I woke up the next day and I was like, well, so what happened? And my mom was like, mm, it was a bottle. <laughs> like literally all she said, they, they found a bottle. And you're like, a, a bottle? Of what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is yeah. it fizzy lifting drink? And uh, <laughs> and she said, um, oh, I felt so bad. She said, yeah, he just looked so deflated. And he was like, he apologized <laughs> to everyone. And, and they just, and I just, 
the reason it sticks in my head is I cannot imagine actually seeing that live, like actually seeing this failure oh, to right. find anything live, like and and having to watch a guy kind of backpedal. It's only a failure because they hyped it. You yeah, know, right. if they had just yeah. opened it and just found nothing, it would have been fine. But they find out, find out what's in Al Capone's vault. It's and like, the, wow. The note, the the note said, uh, next vault over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 20 yeah. feet that way. Yeah. Right over I, think there. It was a, I think that was a pyramid scam. I think they, they needed a certain um, ratings number that night. And they knew, you know, well, and that's yeah, why well, I mean, he listen, was willing to put his reputation on the line. Did you ever... Right? Um, I mean, See the that, birth of reality TV. That that movie, uh, Halloween movie called uh, WNUF Halloween Special. No, it's, no. it's a great uh, Halloween movie, and it's 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 a fake live broadcast, okay. uh, like like the whole Geraldo thing that went. And it's about this guy who does a broadcast in a haunted house that's like rumored all these you know very haunted and murders happen there and stuff like that and he he does a fake live broadcast well he, you know it's a movie but he does yes. live broadcast at, at the house um which is cool and they make it really seem like you're watching this tv channel so they actually have like cut-ins with like the logo and stuff like that you know you're watching wnuf and they have tons of fake commercials throughout the whole thing which, i take it back i have seen which it. are it's like a gem Unto itself because the commercials are yep. so funny. They start off like serious and then they just get more ridiculous and funny as the show oh, goes on. Smart. <laughs> it's really a lot of fun, like Halloween show to watch. And it's almost yeah. like the commercials are better than the fake broadcast. Oh, itself. yeah. But it's really well done. But it reminds yeah, me of the whole Geraldo Rivera thing. Uh, like, you just don't see like live broadcast failure like anymore, you know? <laughs> Failures. <laughs> you don't see. You don't see live failure. You don't see people face planting. (laughs) There is a great fake news broadcast TV movie from the early 80s called Special Bulletin. Have you ever seen that? No. It's a broadcast about there's a nuclear bomb on a ship in the harbor in New York, and they keep reporting on it, reporting on it, and you are not ready for what happens at the end. it's, It's a it's way ahead of its time. It's like, this is like, I think, uh, I got to look oh, it up. Ed Zwick directed it. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's brilliant. It is like. Does it end like Miracle Mile? Uh, about a fucked up ending to a movie. I love I, that movie. It ends up pretty fucked up. And it's, for, at no point <laughs> do you not believe it's an actual broadcast. If you came in on it and were watching it and didn't know, you'd have no idea. It's almost like a war, uh, modern War of the Worlds huh. on TV, but it's really powerful, like a really good movie. What's it called again? Special Bulletin. Special Bulletin. Yeah, it's one of my favorite TV movies I've ever. I've heard it's, of that, actually, I think. I don't know if you can access it anywhere, but um, uh, if you can find it, it's worth it. Uh, it's only an hour and a half, I think. Is it it's made really, for really less, good. Yeah, it's, it's Was what? it a made-for-TV movie? Yes. Yeah, made for yeah. made for TV movie. His fifth uh, his fifth directing job. Um, yeah, it's 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 not talked about enough. It it came and went, and it's, it's yeah, I can just, get it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's in South Carolina. It's taking place, but um, not New York. Uh, I said New sense. York to scare you guys. <laughs> it makes more sense. But yeah, it, <laughs> it would make more sense. 
I mean, it's, yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia on it right now. It's, I didn't know it was nominated for so many Emmy awards. Well, it's great. It's like, oh, and, and Ed Flanders from St. Elsewhere is on there is the, is the anchor, which is. Oh, nice. St. Elsewhere is my eighties wheelhouse. Right. But yeah, that made me think of it when you talk about uh, that. What's the name of that Halloween movie, Damien? WNUF Halloween special. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the WNUF Halloween special. Oh, I mean, okay, yeah. I just want to make sure I didn't hear it wrong. Awesome. I'm going to check that out, too. Um, Add it to my book. Add it to the book. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is funny because, like, literally five years later, no, three years later, he would direct About Last Night. Zwick did? Yeah. I didn't know he directed that, did he? Really? And then, and then, three years after that was Glory. Glory, yeah, Glory, of course. Then he made Thirty Something and whatever the fuck else. Legends of the Fall, a... Courage Under Fire. Oh yeah, you Legends of the Fall, Blood Diamond, Defiance. Oh, Blood Diamond, man, that guy's got a lot of good. The Last movies. Samurai. Last That's Samurai. Right. Yeah, that guy's a good a director. Film. Yeah, good director. Did he? Uh, did he write Special Bulletin? Yeah, he wrote it. Oh, it's his story. His, uh, the, te- the teleplay was by Marshall Herskovitz. At end of the end of that movie is like holy fuck. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Holy For some fuck. reason, I think cool. I've seen that. I just, I've... yeah, a, a lot of people I that didn't know the title of it. I told them they're like, yeah, I remember seeing that on TV. It, it came out right when the day after was getting big. Yeah, oh, right okay. the day after. I think it got overshadowed by <laughs> day after, if I'm not mistaken. There was such a, um, I just remember there being such a massive media thing surrounding day after when it came out. Yeah, it was heavy crap. Cover a Time magazine and just, you know, just the realism that behind the thing. And they were touting it as this like, you know, it's it's so, it's like, they're like, we should question whether or not this should actually be shown to anybody. It's like, really? Come on, man. Just wanted to see people melt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just watch the minute long sequence from T2. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, Power Raiders. Pretty much the day after encapsulated in like three seconds. Like, right. yeah, right. I guess I don't have to watch that anymore. <laughs> day after so, the, con- the condensed version. <laughs> so basically, you're saying it sucks. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I, I get Nuclear I get bombs, <laughs> bad. You guys never watched uh, Jericho? Uh, Jericho Mile? No. No. No, no, that's Miracle Mile. No, were you Jer- trying to be funny? No, <laughs> I don't ever try to be funny. No, I didn't Jer- think. I'm glad you weren't trying to be funny there. No, uh, there's, a, there's a made-for-TV movie called Jericho Mile. It was one of Michael uh, Mann's first things he ever did. Do you know what Jericho is? The show? Yes, yes. Okay, it has yeah, uh, it, Skeet Ulrich in it, doesn't it? Yeah, he did. He was in it. He's really good in it. The whole cast is good. And it, w- it started to develop a nice mythology, and then they killed it. And then the fans wanted resolution, and they got a second half second season, I think, to resolve it. Uh, did, did they? They did, yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, but it's it could have been real. If I'm not mistaken, was that? I think it was CBS. Yeah, CBS. Usually ABC is the typical show killer for network TV. <laughs> fucking Twin Peaks and. Uh, oh boy. Uh, yeah, I won't get it. Uh, there was a TV uh, great Hassan. You ever watch Invasion? No. On ABC, that show was awesome. 
a hurricane hits Florida and aliens come with the hurricane and no one knows who's an alien in this little town oh, in Florida. Oh, I remember that. Great show. Great cliffhanger. Nope. We're not doing a second season, says ABC. <laughs> yeah, because no like you, you and three other people watched it. That's the, that was the problem. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Now I don't watch anything on ABC because <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you watched Lost. I oh, did. Shouldn't have. Uh, talk, talk about bad endings, dude. You just found the king of bad endings. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and the and one of the worst bad endings are trying to fix it because they're bringing Wait. it back. They're bringing yeah, Dexter right. back. Oh, yeah. yeah. I read that too. So silly. All right. So, uh, anyway, uh, Damien, yeah, well, uh, thanks again. Right. Appreciate, Sorry, thank you guys. Appreciate you you putting up with us. <laughs> yes, thank you. And staying up with us. And staying up? up with us. Yes. Staying up. You're uh, you know, it, it's not quite as bad if we we get guests who are on the West Coast, um, because then they're only up to like ten o'clock or you know, right. it's not too bad. But when when you're on the same time as us, we we know what time it is. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I figured you're a, you're a nighttime guy. You'll probably be all right. <laughs> But uh, thanks again, pal. I yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you, guys. A lot of fun. Uh, Good time. Great job, Damien. Please pick some great movies next time, too. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh. It's all downhill from here. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. It just gets trashier like, and trashier. Like I said, it's good, to, it's good to watch things you don't like. Uh, it gives you clarity for the things you do. So. <laughs> Thanks to Fesleyan Studios for our intro music. Get your own awesome music at fesleyanstudios.com. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts, or you can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Asan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Damian Glonick and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and mentor, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Out.